Hey guys, welcome back to the Pushing Through Blue podcast. Hope you're good, hope you're doing well. Just a couple of quick housekeeping items before we jump into the episode. If you haven't already, take one minute, go back and listen to the important disclosure episode of this podcast. It's really important. On episode 7, I was fortunate to sit down and have a chat with Twitch streamer Brad Jolly, also known by his social handle as BlessRNG, formerly Yoshi TV, where we talked about his origin story in becoming one of Australia's most well-recognized Twitch streamers and the reasons why he streams. We spoke about the awareness Brad has been sharing across his socials via using the hashtag RNG Headspace and his own recent mental illness struggles, using the hashtag to document his own mental health journey, but to also promote awareness to others who may be going through the same or similar thoughts and feelings, that they are not alone and to offer a source of strength to others. Brad opens up about his experiences suffering from suicidal ideation, including how a combination of life events in a short period of time took its toll on his own mental health. How a friend had pointed out to Brad that he should seek help and how that conversation resulted in Brad speaking with his doctor, GP, getting on the mental health care plan, then started receiving treatment from a recommended therapist and how he's been traveling since receiving that help. We talk about how Brad has learned to manage his own mental health where he finds strength when experiencing bad days and the importance of implementing self-care. I also get Brad's insight and perspective on mental health within his exposure to the Twitch community among streamers and content creators. I really enjoyed talking with Brad on this episode and got a lot of perspective and insight from his own mental health journey and experiences. I really hope you do too. Hey, um, you're an anime fan too, aren't you? Yes, big one. Yes. Are you? Big one. In fact, I was watching anime just before we started talking. So, What were you watching? Uh, latest One Punch Man. It's not very good. I was going to say, I was a massive fan of season one. Yeah. And I'm just not feeling it with season two. I'll see it through because I love, I love One Punch, but it's just, it's not there for me. Right? Like, I'll see it through as well. Um, I'll definitely watch it. But uh, I'm going to say, like, uh, it's more about the story this time, less about the animation in, in combat. And yep. One Punch Man's story is a bit flat, so it doesn't really carry with it very well. So as a result, mm. left kind of wanting more. And it's like, this is this is not really what I was... Not nearly as good as the first season, that's for sure. No, definitely not. And have you read any of the manga for nah, One Punch? No time. No, nah, no, nah, that's it. That's me too. I've, um, I think the only manga that I've actually ever read through was, like, Naruto. Oh, wow. That's, a, get, that's yeah. an effort. Jesus. Oh, it is That's massive, and like, oh, it is. And look, to be honest, how that went down is that I found it on Gumtree. Someone had a massive manga collection, and this this lady, she was actually she was quite young. She was about maybe twenty one, twenty two, and it was one of those ones where she just had, I think, one to oh, what is it? It's one to sixty two there. So it's pretty okay. much the whole set, like outside of maybe four or five. Right, right, right. And she was just, you know, it was just like got to go, um, sell it for eighty bucks or something like that. So I was like, yeah, that's fair, done, yeah. bang. In that case, I would have grabbed it for eighty bucks. It'd be like that's a lot of reading material. Oh, just yeah, provide, you, know, just like, you never want to move house anytime soon. It's fine. <laughs> no, that's right. I'll have to take a photo of it because it's it looks great. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those ones where like I've read it through and I. Like to be to be honest, I probably won't read it through again. Looks no. looks nice, like <laughs> like as in a physical. But um, yeah, and I did a slow burn. Just it was like one like every day, just take it on the train because the, the commute into the city and uh, go from there. But uh, yeah, apart from that, Dragon Ball has always been my sort of go to anyway. <laughs> it has been for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, I know. And you've still got to get on to Death Note too, don't you? God, yeah, eventually. And a bunch of other series. Oh. There's a bunch of stuff on Netflix I want to watch, and there's a lot to watch now that I'm catching up after taking like 
like a year ago, I took a three, four year break. I'm just making up for lost time. And there's so much to watch. And games to play. It doesn't end. There is so much. There's Can't so much. Can't watch it all. You have to pick and choose. No, no. It's just time. It's just time. Anyhow. Hey, on that note, hey everyone, welcome back to Pushing Through Blue, an interview podcast sharing stories of people's experiences with mental health in an effort to bring awareness, help start conversations, and break the stigma surrounding mental health. I'm your host, Dane Peavy, and my special guest, he is an Australian partnered Twitch streamer. His Twitch channel has over 20,000 followers, has reached over 990 views. He has built one of the most positive and supportive Twitch communities you will find out there. Always the hardest working man in the room, as well as the nicest bloke you'll ever meet. It's none other than Brad Jolly, aka Bless RNG. How you going, mate? Doing good. Uh, thanks for letting me pop onto the show. When you point the uh, the Twitch numbers into perspective, almost a million people have watched my stream for some reason or another. That's kind of mind blowing. Now that you, now that you mention it, which is a uh, which is kind of nice. But yeah, having a good uh, a good day. You know, it's uh, for t- to to force timeliness on this podcast nice and early get it out of the way it's the middle of the week you know looking forward to a to a busy weekend we've got free play uh, up this weekend here as well uh, a lot of stuff to go on in melbourne at the moment yeah very nice and i know you've been really busy i think uh i touched base with yourself a couple of weeks ago and i think you were in germany for twitchcon europe at I, that time i was yeah the last month has been gangbusters so i went from pax east at the beginning of april so this is the last four yep. weeks pax east that was boston then I came home for about a week. Then I went to Germany for about a week. And I came home for about a week. And then um, went to IEM Sydney uh, last weekend. And I've just come back from that. So I've done a lot, you know, two big international trips, a small domestic trip. But for me, they're all very, very, very busy shows. And uh, now I get to relax for a month. I, I don't believe I am traveling in May. I think I actually get wow. to stay home, which is nice. Because the last year or so, I've probably been not in the house for like nine months. Um, so it'll be good to be home for a month. Yeah, very nice. And all that travel, so is that done through work or is that through yourself and the Twitch channel and the work? It depends. So with PAX East and with uh, with TwitchCon Europe, that went through through my day job. So I work as a community manager at a game developer. So I was out representing our games and our brand at those shows. Uh, IEM Sydney was me. That was just me spending a bit of money to go and have some fun. See a lot of my nice. Australian and New Zealand Twitch partner friends who I've not seen in many years because I didn't do any Australian events last year because I was overseas during all of them. So I figured, why not? Let's go out, meet some mates, have a couple of bevs, watch some CSGO have some fun and uh and and connect to a a few people and you know recharge the old social batteries yeah very nice and i heard you do a few dabs did a few oh, dabs here and there it's bad man like i'm not a dabbing person that's not me yep. until like last week now i'm like they're the best thing ever they're so funny this yeah is stupid i don't know what happened i love that esports man changes people it's crazy it is blowing up like it's i guess how do you find it in australia now that you've have, is this the first one how many has there been of there's the, been of three IAM? three iem sydney's now so i went to the first one and the third one we've also got melbourne esports open and we've had a variety of esports things over the years like dota yep. like, like legends we've got the fgc is really strong in australia battle arena mm. melbourne's actually coming up in may so i'll be at that yep. and there's a bunch of other fighting game tournaments all throughout the country which have like big prizes and things so esports in australia has actually always been Quite decent. Uh, not as big as, of course, other places in the world, but they have, like, you know, regional budgets that are 10 times ours. But there's always been yeah. some cool stuff there. But IEM is really our, our chance to bring, like, Counter-Strike and, and things like that, and even Overwatch with Overwatch Contenders, onto the global stage. Yep. And it's really cool to see uh, people have fun at that event. Uh, the Australian IEM crowd is definitely the most rambunctious IEM crowd by leaps and bounds. And I, I love yep. it. I think it's great. No, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad to see that the numbers are growing too and that even just in Australia, that it's growing. And I mean, like, uh, I think it was, I don't know whether it was last year or the first year 
It was all about the shoeys. I think shoeys just got like the biggest. It just took like oh, this year it might have been dabs. Year. First the year of shoeys. shoeys. Second year they banned shoeys. You couldn't, can't do ah, shoeys at anymore. And I was like, the culture's gone. <laughs> but the first year, like even the Renegades, like the Australian leading CSGO team, like they did a shoey. They were all about oh, it. Oh, really? And then um, then last year, they're like, I can't do that anymore. So no more shoeys. So people are always finding other things to do. So like stacking up pizza boxes or like chanting all kinds of silly things from, you know, from like, you know, slurs, like not Megan, slurs, like, you know, like, like you like you suck, things like that. To like Waltzing Matilda, to like Twinkle oh, yeah, Twinkle, yeah, twinkle yeah, Little yeah. Star, to just whatever. Very cool. No, I'm, go- I'm super happy that it's getting big and big and bigger and bigger. And like, you hear all these other personalities as well around the world that are investing into esports and they see that there's a massive rise for it and it'll just continue. Sky's the limit, really. Like, uh, as long as it keeps, you know, doing positive things and, and getting in positive exposure, it'll just keep on growing as, as people realize that esports is, is an industry that's here to stay. It's a big industry. It's an industry that, that you know, people who are younger and, of course, also people who are older are enjoying on a on a much larger level, much like sports have evolved over time. Esports is simply another sport that has evolved to to kind of keep up with the times. Yeah, absolutely. And look, just on that note, I know a lot of people probably already know you within the Twitch communities, but for those listeners that haven't heard about yourself, do you mind just giving a bit of an introduction? I know you love the introductions, but yeah, if you could, that'd be appreciative. And also just a little bit about your um, origin story, getting into it as a Twitch streamer. Of course. So um, I'll see how far back I want to go here. So my name is Brad or Brad Jolly. Uh, my my moniker online is Bless RNG, like letter R, letter N, letter G. I am a, a partnered Twitch broadcaster. I've been streaming on Twitch for over five years now, and I've been partnered for almost four. So I'm one of Australia's older partners. Been around a bit of a while. Before that, I was a television presenter in video game television on the show New Game Plus for four years prior to that. And then before that, I was doing some um, some anime writing here and there. I also worked at Harnaby, one of an anime licensors in Australia. And I'm um, currently working at SMG Studio, which is a indie dev in Australia. And also worked at uh, Phoenix Labs on the game Dauntless as a community coordinator for a year and a quarter somewhere in there. In terms of where I started, I started off by pretty much going into television, having fun doing that for years, deciding that I wanted to go a bit more independently creative and uh, started my own Twitch channel. We were doing Twitch at New Game Plus, decided I wanted to do my own one, started and uh, haven't looked back. Now I travel the world and I, I do a silly face to people and people like it because I am known as a, as a global emote on Twitch, one of the bigger ones. My face gets used somewhere in the world approximately once a second, which is really wow. weird and I will never accept that. It's really odd, but it's truth and it's only getting uh, more and more as it's supported in a variety of places and people know me for, for the pose I make and the face I make. So I travel That's around the so world cool. doing that and making people smile, which is, which is the most important part. As long as I can make people happy, I'll do it till I'm dead. That's awesome. I love that. That's so cool. Just to segue into that, just to give people a perspective as to how much your streaming commitments are, can you give the, the audience a bit of an insight as to how often you stream, how long you stream for, what's, what's the week look like sure now thing. that you're back into streaming? If I'm in my optimal physical and mental condition, ideally I will stream uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday nights. I will stream video games for about four to six hours. Uh, Friday night I will be streaming IRL for about two to three hours. And Saturday and Sunday, unless I'm doing other things, I will stream IRL from anywhere from six to 12 hours in the day. So it's a, it's a lot. It is it's effectively full-time hours in itself on top of the full-time work I already do. Wow, man, you're putting in the work. I'm a workaholic. We'll get into this later about how I have mega anxiety if I'm not working. It's really unhealthy, oh, but it's part of what I am. Yep. And I've accepted it and I've chosen to embrace it. But yeah, I'm always working, always growing. It, it, it does kind of come from a, from a childhood dream. So I've always got to, I guess, uh, how do I put it? Um, achieve greater stuff. 
Yeah, that's it. And I guess like a lot of people, you know, you got to take into consideration if you you want to chase your dream, you got to put in the work. And even when you're there, you got to continue putting in the work. Never if you ends. Want to continue growing and, and be in the spot. So a whole lot of hard work and a lot of luck as well. I mean, luck is a factor no matter what. You know, sometimes you can put the hardest work in and do all the work, and it doesn't work out. That's definitely happened mm. for me with things in the in the past. You know, but aim for something new, try something different, put in the hard yards, lots of them. And um and also refine your craft and learn at the same time and uh, you never know what'll happen. Depend all depends on the reason that you're doing the kind of stuff you're doing, right? Like I just do it for fun, and now it's grown into a life changing experience. I was just doing it to make some new friends, and I still do make friends with it, which is great. Uh, I haven't lost that focus, but uh now I do it all over the world instead of just uh, just in Melbourne. Yeah, that's so good. And I think look, you've pretty much answered that next question there. I had a question there is about what is it that you love about streaming the most, and I and I think correct me if I'm wrong, it's just getting to meet new people and make people happy in the communities that you get to get, get to be involved in. That is precisely it. Yeah. So one of the main reasons why I started streaming was to uh, increase my social battery. I wasn't really doing a whole lot in terms of seeing people and all that kind of stuff. And uh, mm. these days I live alone. I live by myself in like a larger country home. So streaming for me is a really good way to be social, to to meet new friends, to meet like-minded people, and friends with now thousands of streamers the world over. And there's quite a few of them who I talk to, you know, on the daily. Um, so it's a really big thing for me was, was to, you know, an, another social tool, a way to meet people. Much like when I was younger, things like Games by Arcade existed and, and people still use IRC and for that kind of stuff. Twitch is simply the next thing that I use to, uh, to connect and meet new people. And also making people smile. That's, that's a really important part for me. It's really, really part of my core ethos to, uh, kind of try and be a force of good where I can. Not self-destructively so, which we'll get into later. But um, try and be a force of good where I can and try and help out other people uh, wherever possible. And with streaming, I have the ability to do that because I can change so many people's lives directly just by being a mm. force of good, by being happy, by being positive, by bringing a smile to someone's day. Streaming allows me to do that on a world scale compared to just doing it with friends around. So that's a, a really kind of thing I like about streaming is the ability to impact so many people in so many places that 20 years ago, you could have never done. No, that's right. I always think about it is that, well, I mean, we're in 2019 and what we have available to us that, you know, that wasn't available maybe six, seven, ten years ago, whether it's through social media or Twitter or the way we communicate, it's just insane how much reach we can get to people. And look, I'm so super happy to have you on the podcast, man, because I remember when I first discovered yourself, you were on as a guest for You Game Bro. You Game Bro. That was, yeah, good old Pez. He's, he's doing, he's yeah. kicking goals these days. Bless that man. So. He is. He is 2K. He's living the dream. But he always admits, just like we said, you know, he's he fought hard to get that dream. He put in the work and now he's there. He's he's probably doubling down, to be perfectly honest. So, oh, yeah. you know, he, he wants to stay there for a long time and continue growing. And, I mean, he's and just, good on him. Yeah, good know? on him. He's, he's just done his first major international activation with, with Borderlands 3. Congratulations on him for doing all that and getting so Absolutely. many cool people out there. That's that's the start. That's his, that's the biggest project he's done, and I'm sure he's got a lot more to do, a lot more to come. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And he hasn't lost. Pez has got his own sort of mannerisms and his own sort of way that he does it, and it just filtrates through his personality. And he, it's, it's something that I love about Pez is just that from the grassroots to where he was to where he is now, he, he's never lost that. Do you know what I mean? He's he's still the same Pez he was on on New Game, bro. The same attitude, same communication, same love that he's got for the people in video games, and you can see that, and that's why people relate to him. Yeah, you know, and they can see the work that he's putting in there, and everyone wants to back him. It's really important. I think Pez is one of those people, um, and I, I'm similar, I believe, um, which is fair because I've talked to Pez a lot about this kind of stuff, mm. is that he is just always him. He is himself. Yep. He is honest to himself. And I think that's really important in this um, in this industry where there are situations where some people are not. And that's totally fine. And it's completely mm. valid and okay to be that way. Yep. I enjoy 
Pez's honesty, and I enjoy that it is so uniquely him and himself. I think that's yeah. fantastic. And it's something I try to emulate also. Um, can't always get there, but I do certainly try to just, you know, be myself. Just sometimes yeah, myself's not I, always that good. I definitely hear you when, when in regards to just being yourself. And I think that's why I love these personalities that are out there, and people call them influencers, and, and you are, you're, you're influencers. But I love the people that are out there that are just genuine. And sometimes that takes time to identify whether a person, you know, is being fully genuine. And sometimes you never know. And as you said, there's nothing wrong with you not being the genuine you, you know, whether you sometimes you have to put on a persona for whatever reason. But I don't know, just something that resonates with someone that is so genuine, that also has a bit of vulnerability to them, that opens up to say, this is who I am. I don't want to be someone else. This is just me. Hopefully there's like-minded people out there that can appreciate and accept who I am. And I don't know, I sort of gravitate towards those people, just like yourself. And I guess that's a pretty good segue into how I recently rediscovered yourself. I was actually doing this podcast. I was actually setting up for a episode when talking about the Australia's mental health care plan. And yes. it was a tweet that you'd done back in March where you had put it out on Twitter, um, where you'd put out a tweet about opening up about your own mental health challenges, that you were bringing awareness actually to the mental health care plan that was available in Australia and the importance of looking after your own mental health and the importance of seeking treatment early. And I thought, wow, like that's that really obviously hit home for myself and what I was doing. But since then, you know, I, I dived into social medias, mainly Twitter and had a look at yourself and yeah, just getting to rediscover that Hey, you, you, you have been so open and honest and communicating about your own mental health challenges, um, specifically over the last six months and yeah, sharing your experiences within the community and the, the people close to you in an effort to help others and to help with their own struggles and, and provide strength and support to those around you. And even to the point there where you were using a hashtag, the, it was, I think it was hashtag it was RNG, RNG Headspace. It was specific. Uh, there was a couple of reasons for that. Um, yep. to, to quickly chime in. So the reason why I used yeah. the RNG Headspace hashtag was A, people knew exactly what it was about, knew I was dealing with my Headspace. Yep. Predominantly, though, it was actually to respect people that didn't want to hear about it. I wanted to give them an easy hashtag they could mute out because not everybody wants to tune in for that kind of stuff. It is very deep. Mm. It is very challenging. It's very personally intrusive. And this isn't with, with me not even saying what the problem is because I've never publicly stated like why I'm going through all the stuff I'm going through um, because, you sure. know, that's just not something that I do. But um, but like some people don't want to know about that. They don't want, They just want to know about the other stuff I'm doing. So I predominantly did it actually so to allow people to tune out so that you know they could they could opt into it or opt out of it if they so wish to. But it also does mean that people who are really interested in it can just search the hashtag and get the whole story without mm. uh, all the other stuff. Because because I tweet a lot, I tweet a lot of nonsense because that's just <laughs> that's just part of who I am. I'm very and ramen upfront. Love the tweets about the ramen. Ra oh, ramen all the time. And like I had fur oh, yesterday, man. it was great. But uh, but you know, there's a lot of a lot of fluff in there. Because I just tweet a lot. I tweet like you know 10, 20 times a day. Sometimes, sometimes people just want to see the mental health journey. The hashtag makes it easy for them to find that, and it's also good for me to reflect because I'll go back and read on them, and you know, be like a year down the track. How uh, that's how I was a year ago. How do I feel now? Yeah. It means I can find them much easier. Also, so it's also good. For, it's kind of good for a, for a variety of reasons. Yeah, and like I'm I'm super happy that you dived into that because I was coming from the perspective of it was really easy for me to like like you said you do a lot of tweets and I guess filtering through all those tweets and looking at how you're traveling. For, for someone that might be struggling and they're looking for, you know, strength and strength comes from all different sources, whether it's a, you know, a person that you look up to or an affirmation or something like that. Sometimes people follow certain hashtags to build on that strength. And I think what you're doing there, it was one of the things that as soon as I saw that 
the mental health care plan tweet and I saw the hashtag, it was immediately something that I clicked on and, and had a look. And it, like you said, it actually explains your journey, you know, your journey through the experiences that you've been going through, the updates that where you're up to and, and what's your feedback and your thoughts and what you, you experience. It's, you're pretty much documenting your own mental health journey. And I thought that was fascinating. But knowing just what you just said there about for people that want to guess block it out or people that don't want to see that. And I get that. I totally get that. There's things in my life that you have to identify to say, look, is this the best for my mental health well-being? So I think I've mentioned this before for myself. Full disclosure, I don't really watch much of the news. You know, a lot of people say, well, how do you know if there's an earthquake or fires and you get out of there? Someone will tell me. The, right? the phone I'll, I'll will a lot. The phone will tell you. Yeah, you get a phone alert. Someone so. will tell. I'll sit on Twitter, fire, fire, get out. It'll be, it'll be all good. But yep. for, for me... I don't watch much news because, you know, half the time I turn it on and, and the, the 10 news things that are on, eight are going to be terrible. And, you know, it's just one of those things that's just like, I'll, I'll be fine. And I have been fine. It's fine. But it's really interesting to know that that's there, that people can use that for a variety of, of ways. And I think that's a really cool idea. And for those that are, that are around me and, and have heard my voice and heard me talk a little bit, they know I'm all about the journey. I love the journey. I love the journey of everything, you know. And like Pez, we, we talked about Pez. Pez is a perfect example. It's a great story. I love it. And it just continues. And just the same thing for yours. I love the journey either someone putting in the work or someone documenting how they're going and how they're feeling and 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 what's going on in their life or, or, or something that they're working towards and, and just seeing it because it, it really is a roller coaster for whatever you're doing. And I thought that was really cool. And I also think it's really awesome what you're doing, the awareness that you're sharing on mental health. I know you're out there you know, sharing your journey experiences to, to remove this stigma because it is this massive stigma you know, surrounding mental health. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. Mental health, mental illness, there's this, this big stigma that, we, that no one wants to have the conversation about it, but it is so common. It's really common. I'm going to interrupt here because I have a bit of a story related to this actually and like how me talking about it has allowed others to, uh, to kind of experience some things. And there's two mini stories here. So the first one is there is a, an individual who's a friend of mine and he is a teacher. And I was hanging out with some friends of mine uh, recently and he was there. And I talked to him for a while, and he, he mentioned the fact that he really appreciates the fact that I tweet about my mental health. And I was curious as to why. He's like, in his career as a teacher for children, he can't talk about it publicly. He's not able to. Sure. Because it puts his job in jeopardy, and that's really bad. Mm. Uh, but it reminds him that he's not alone, and that there, there are people out there that have inner demons that they are facing, that have suffering that they are going through. And to see that other people are talking about it was... um was relieving to him because he realized mm. that, you know, the entire world's not out to get him. He's not alone. And there are other people who also, you know, are not always doing so well. And it gave him some reassurance because, you know, it's it's really easy to, to isolate yourself and become mega, mega lonely when you become down with that kind of stuff. I can relate to that very much firsthand because that's um what I yeah. went through, which then segues into the second story of the main reason why um, I document my mental health is a, I need to channel it somewhere because if I don't, I, I mentally collapse. Cause that's what happens to me in the last six months. I had a full mental failure, um, because I wasn't able to talk about it and I still don't talk about it. I, I talk about my mental state, but I don't talk about what happens. So as a result, I kind of still have to deal with that. But I went through some really, really, really bad stuff. I went through like suicidal ideation and, you know, thinking about taking your own life as a really serious thing. And I went through that for a, for a good part of the last six months. Was, uh, was battling that on the day-by-day because day, I was really that miserable. It wasn't great. Um, but I realized that, you know, like, I would never want anyone to go through that. It's awful. It's really not mm. fun. It is the possibly the most opposite thing of fun you can imagine is, you know, 
suicidal ideation and then you know thinking one day like am i gonna take that step is that gonna be it i didn't obviously because i'm talking right now and uh, those thoughts have subsided which is great um but i would never want anyone to go through that at all it's it's the worst feeling it's really really difficult and your friends can try and get you out of it but your brain is broken you won't listen it can be hard. Yeah. It can be really, really difficult yep. to to get through that. And your friends are trying their hardest to pull you out of a out of a really hellish scenario. You can keep digging down and become ultra, ultra self destructive, ultra, ultra mm. quickly, which is exactly what I did. So I don't want anyone else to go through that. So documenting it myself, uh, hopefully, uh, saves others from making uh, the same fatal internal mistakes that uh, that I almost made. Do you think, um, just on that, just in from your own journey here? We we talk about the last you talk about the last six months on on when it really escalated. Was there was there something, was it was it something that was just you find like looking back now, it was slowly building slowly building within your mental health space to to get to that point, or do you think you you know saw the signs earlier, or was it just a combination of a lot of things at once? It was a lot of things at once. Um, there's quite yeah. a lot that happens to me in the space of a period. Um, there was one major, uh, major, completely like heart-wrenching thing that occurred, which I won't go into detail about because I'm still kind of recovering from it, um, making progress, sure. which is great. But uh, but oh, a lot of great. other small things as well, like I had an issue with a, a family member of mine um, going, unfortunately, into a place I can't find them anymore for a while. Uh, another mm. family member of mine getting cancer uh, and not finding yeah. and finding out while I was overseas. That wasn't great. And then uh, another friend of mine uh, took their own life during that time. Um, there was a lot mm. going on um, a in, lot a, in going a small on, period yeah. of time. And I was traveling during all of this. I was, uh, I was overseas. I was not in my safe space. I did not have a support network around me. I was uh, traveling no. for three months uh, during all of these things, including the major thing, which I had to deal with while I was traveling. Um, and as a result, I kind of just wasn't able to cope. And it's taken me uh, months to kind of get myself back on back on the road again. Uh, so sure, it was, it was, but sure. you know, like you can, you can, people can tell you it's coming because you know I was obviously talking about it with friends of mine. Like I'm not great, and here's why. And you know they can tell you like you're, you're clearly your brain's broken, Brad. You need you need help. You need to go do something. And I did get help, uh, and I've been doing that now, which we'll get into later on, I imagine. Um, but it could be a really, really uh, difficult thing to to not just listen to, but understand, comprehend, accept, and then action. Um, and actioning's yep. the hardest part. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, that's what I want to resonate through this podcast is that, you know, taking action, starting these conversations, just like you did, is so important. And like, another question, just leaning off that there. So when you were going, obviously, all these things are happening to yourself. And you you, you know, you're going through this mental space where you're just finding it extremely hard to cope, obviously, these suicidal tendencies. What was the, the catalyst that made you take that step to seek help? Was it your, your, the friends and family around you that started like seeing the signs in yourself and started that conversation? Or do you find that you could see it within yourself and you were then, you know, starting the conversation with them? Where do you see it? In my particular case, it was someone that told me and was a, um, okay. uh, the best friend of, a, uh, of someone else who's very important to me um, and still is, uh, pointed out that, you know, I should consider therapy. And, um, yep. I just hadn't thought about it before. I'd never thought that therapy was a bad thing. I think it's just the gym for your brain and your emotions. I think it's great. And I think everyone has the mm. ability to do it, especially if it's free. Like in Australia, you can get quite a lot of it for free every year. There's no harm yeah. in taking it at all. Um, they recommended I try it. I'm like, you know what? That's probably a really good idea because my brain is not good. I acknowledge that my, my headspace was bad. Like I, I was fully, I'm like, my mental health is trash. I was fully yeah. aware that it wasn't good. And I'm like, I am not in a good way and I do not know how to pull myself out of it. And I, I didn't know, mm. I, I wasn't able to figure that out only until very recently when a, another catalyst kind of caused things and forced me to, to kind of heal 
uh, has allowed me to kind of pull things mostly back. Um, they recommended I did it, so I got back to Australia, unfortunately a couple of months later, so I still um, had a lot to process, and then uh, then went and did it. Just uh, went to my yeah, GP, well, got my mental health care plan, I uh, rated, I think, 25 out of 50, which is moderately depressed, which is good, because if, if, if it gets too much higher than that, then they, then they, uh, they kind of just, you know, put you away for a little bit, because they're going to have to. Um, sure, duty care. Yeah. But yeah, duty of care, they're like, yeah, if it was too much higher than that, we have to duty of care you. I'm like, ooh, okay, that's not good. Um, mm. Because being halfway in the scale is not great. So yeah, they did that and organized a, a therapy session. Unfortunately, the time between the mental health care plan and the therapy session, that's where the couple of months came into play because I was traveling again sure. with CES in oh, Vegas okay. and then uh, a few other events. I didn't really get a chance to stay home. And then uh, the therapist I was recommended to went for uh, injury leave. So unfortunately, like I was, I was recommended, and I decided to start taking therapy in November last year. Uh, my okay. first session okay. was in April, so it was a long time of difference because yeah, of a variety absolutely. of factions, and then having to deal with my head during that entire time um, as I kind of uh, became very self-destructive in the way I was trying to look after myself and look after other people, and I was not putting myself first at all uh, in any yeah. way made things a lot worse. But now that I'm going to therapy, now things are great. And uh, it's taught me a lot. And also I've, I've done some other really severe life changes, which have uh, helped a lot as well. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I guess for those, as I mentioned to you early in the podcast, for those within Australia that want to get more information on the mental health care plan that we have available and the Medicare rebates and all the benefits and some details about that, definitely go check out that episode. I think it was the previous one, just to this one here. And if you've got any questions, like I've got all the details in the description as well. But I, look, I think it's I think it's super valuable that, you know, you had that friend to reach out to you and, and to let you know. I know from my own situation, it was one of those points there where, I guess similar to yourself, it got to a point that... It, you know, you, you recognize it gets really bad to the point there where mine was more of a, a fight or, you know, the fight or flight, the survive mode. And it was just me just, you know, going to the doctors and just asking, you know, is there any, anything available that we can do? And that's, and that's how I got encouraged with the mental health care plan and, you know, and seeing therapy and going through that process, it really opens your eyes to seeing someone like obviously a professional giving you advice based on your own self and your mm. own situation and your own mental illness. Because I think a lot of people, discount the fact that it is someone you know you could do all the research in the world and you can certainly take things you can take resources you can you know take tips and, and all these other things that you can get off the you know the internet and websites and so on and so forth but to have someone recognize you to to diagnose you to to look at treatment specifically for you is really really different and I think for myself it was probably like maybe the third or fourth session in that I really, like, it was sort of light bulb moments where like, well, this, this guy really gets me to the point there where, you know, like he, he knows I, you know, I rush things. I'm always looking for shortcuts when it came to my mental health. And, you know, I, I mean, yeah, that was right. I mean, at that point in time, I just, you know, I had a lot of pressure going on and mm. I just wanted it all to stop. And I was happy to, you know, do whatever it took to, to get to that point as quickly as possible. But it, it is a process. And the biggest thing, there was a couple, a lot of things that I took out of it is that, and I say this a lot of times, that the brain is so powerful and you've mentioned that like people can tell you things people can show you things and and it really comes down to you putting in the work just like a, a physical injury you know you, there's the rehabilitation you've got to put in the work to make yourself stronger to to, to get yourself to a position where you, you break a leg you break an ankle you can start putting pressure on it you can start putting weight on it, you can start using it again it's the same thing with the brain and it's all about taking day-to-day -day action to put in the work and retrain your brain you know taking away the negative put in the positive changing your attitude to things and I found that was I think a big the, thing for me. Yeah, yeah. To, to interrupt there again, like uh, training your brain is is a really important thing because um, 
<coughs> often, and at least in my case, this was very much the case. What happened with me mm. is that I trained my brain to do to do some horrible things to myself in in bad situations, and I kept, and that's kind of what caused the the mental failure for me was I continually made mistakes that I subconsciously didn't want to do, didn't mean to do, uh, but I'd like train my brain effectively to do that, and it was really bad. Yeah. And as a result, I would end this like endless spiral of guilt and then try to fix the problem and then oh look I made the exact same mm. thing and it, it just didn't end of like you know guilt from problem try to restore problem probably shouldn't have tried to restore problem straight away but I like to work on things quickly make same mistake rinse and repeat and the mistake of the actual action itself may have been different yep. but the same thing of like you know trying to fix it and then making it worse and then trying to fix it and then making it worse and making it worse when in reality if I just stepped away from the problem for a while I'd have been fine um, but it's really, really hard to, to train your brain to not only teach yourself positive actions, but remove those negative actions. And that's, that's such a, a crucial thing. And to go on that, uh, professional help is such a good thing. Like, yes, you can get help from your friends. You can talk to your friends about it and you should, and your friends will generally be willing to listen, but your friends, much like you only have so many spoons in the day, uh, your friends only have so many spoons in their day as well. And if you're, mm. if you're not careful, and I also made this mistake, you can, through desperation and through needing contact and needing reaffirmation, you can push friends away. Um, and yeah. you can unintentionally cause them a lot of distress because they also might be battling their own inner demons and they need to talk. And that's, uh, that's anything that could happen to you can happen to anybody else. And, and they may not be as willing to talk about it. So they have their own issues to potentially deal with as well. And their own spoons have to allocate to that. If they're allocating spoons to you as well, you can really train people. It's okay to see help. Uh, seek help from your friends of course it is and you should mm. but do be mindful of your friend's energy do be mindful that they may want to talk about something else you can't talk to them about what's plaguing you every day speaking again from experience because it's literally all i talked about for three months because i'd put myself in this mega mega dangerous spiral right that's stuff that's uh but the professional can help you out with that it's uh, they're, they're very very good at that kind of thing and they can teach you all kinds of things like you know cognitive behavioral therapy and breathing techniques which i use a lot i use a lot for breathing techniques it's really good uh, to kind of counter those kinds of things. And also, so you're not training your friends completely. But again, I must reaffirm, it's totally okay to talk to your friends about it, and you should. Um, your friends know you well on a, in a different way that your therapist will know you. Your therapist will know you professionally and know the professional things to advise you. Your friends will know you as you, and they will know in their way what is best for you on a personal level, um, as long as yeah, you don't definitely. train them too much. Definitely. I think that's really valuable information that right there. And it's like, as you mentioned, your friends know you and it's always that the starting conversation, like seeing the signs, something is not right, whether the person is being distant, you know, there's an outburst of emotions. There's a whole range of things, you know, even just on, you know, social, seeing certain signs, you know, whether it's like a, you know, a depressive type message that you're putting out there or we'll, we'll dig into that as well a little bit when we talk about within the video game community as well. But I definitely hear what you're saying. It's it's a balancing act. I think we all just need to look after one another in relation to seeing the signs, knowing, having an understanding of the signs and yeah, and just, just being aware, just being aware. Which leads me into my next question there. And I just wanted to have a chat about you. I know we talked about there was that distance or that time period there that you um, you were waiting for the therapy to get in while you were traveling. And then you, obviously you've gone into therapy now. You're going through that process. And it sounds like it's it's been really positive for you. You've got nothing for praise for, for doing it. Yep. Um, I know on, on socials you've mentioned like now that you're in the process and you're in the pipeline of, of seeking that professional help. I guess one of the things that you've mentioned is that. Yes, I 100% wish I'd been doing it ages ago, especially again in the Australian healthcare system, you can get your mental health care plan uh, through a GP and that can be bulk billed through Medicare rebates. And you can also mm. see, you know, 10 appointments a year 
once a month. It's the yeah. same kind of thing. If I had known that years ago, I'd have done it years ago. There's, there's no harm in seeking help. There is this, I'm going to tangent a bit, sorry. It's, it's a live stream, I think. It's what we do. Um, but there's no, there shouldn't, there is a stigma, but there is nothing wrong in the slightest yeah. with with seeking therapy and, and seeking help. So many people think that it is, uh, it's problematic to do, that it's a sign of weakness. I can't solve this problem by myself, therefore I have failed. Uh, I think that uh, thinking that way is really, really dangerous. Um, it's totally okay to seek help. There's, there's, no, there's, like, there's, there's no harm in it. It's, that's it. It's the gym for your brain. You go to the gym, gym is great. You take selfies at the gym and be like, look at these sick dudes at the gym. I'm the best. Working on the biceps. I'm the best for my brain. I'm looking after my brain and I'm going to be in a good headspace now. There's a, or it's going to That's help it. me or teach me things to be in a good headspace because mm. there are things that we don't learn. Things about breathing techniques, about windows of tolerance, about things like cognitive behavioral therapy. We don't learn about those things through normal everyday interactions. Some people do and all the power to them for doing so, but generally we don't. There's, there's no harm in going and learning those things, especially as, you know, you can only be an hour once a month. You can you don't have to spend too much time on it. Uh, you can spend as much or as little time as you like. But uh, but seeking that kind of thing, there's there's no harm in it. And I heartily encourage it. Um, but And don't be discouraged if you come across a therapist that maybe you don't gel well with. Uh, I've gotten yeah, lucky. Big. My therapist is great. And I get along with her like a house on fire. Uh, and she's taught me many, many wonderful things. It's only two sessions in, of course, so things may change. Also, like the fact that I can walk there from my house—that's kind of cool. But um, <laughs> oh, that's great. It's great. But uh, it's if if you don't gel well with a therapist, it's okay to seek another one. Uh, this is yes. something that happens all the time. It's perfectly natural. Much like ah, oh, this personal trainer wasn't good for me. I'll try a new personal trainer. This GP wasn't good for me. I'll try another GP. This massively multiplayer online role-playing game—I didn't like it. I don't like playing World of Warcraft. I'm gonna play Final Fantasy. Like it's okay to switch. It's totally okay to switch. You switch things all the time in your life you might buy a different brand of milk you might walk a different path when you walk to the groceries or the grocers rather uh, changing a therapist is something that's totally okay and totally natural to do yeah absolutely 100 percent. a lot of people get discouraged to say okay look these are my checkbox of options and then they say like oh, yep go see my doctor go see a therapist oh, i didn't work because i didn't gel with that person well that's out and then they just completely write it off but like you said it's all about promoting if you feel that the person isn't well gelling with you or they're not suited for you or even the diagnosis you feel is not, you don't feel that that is the right diagnosis for yourself. I definitely encourage getting a second opinion. And, you know, until like I've spoken to other people um, that have been on the podcast and, and they've done exactly that. You know, they've they've had to try other people to get a diagnosis that they feel is the right suited for them so they can be on the right road to treatment uh, that works for them. It's a very tailored area of health advice that they give and treatment. So hmm. it's important you get it right. And it's your own, it's your own well-being. So it's so important. It's 100% important. And I guess it leads into my next question that I had for you is just about like, just on a day-to-day -day perspective, like how are you managing your own mental health? What, what are you doing in your life, your everyday life? Or what are you doing to try better your own and This is something which health? I have been battling with a lot. Um, obviously, mm. as someone who works remote, who works from home, who's either at home or traveling and does not have a huge local support network, apart from my next door neighbor, who's actually a really good friend of mine, which is hilarious <coughs> and really useful. It's difficult. Like, uh, yeah. for full disclosure, I have chronic fatigue syndrome as well, which is kind of like a step up from narcolepsy. I wouldn't recommend it. I'm stuck with it for life, but it is what it is. Um, it's hard. It's uh, at home. I can, you know, feel majorly depressed, feel very alone uh, and get into very dangerous cycles of, of actions of hindsight and of regret 
of going, I wish I did this thing better. I wish I did this thing better. If I'd done this thing better, I wouldn't have hurt this mm. individual. And this individual meant the world to me. And th- th- there's that kind of stuff. And you can really get into those dangerous cycles. Finding a way to break that cycle has been my most difficult challenge. A hundred percent. And that's been the, the the leading cause of what's caused my six months of, of, of really, really bad suffering. Is just not or the complete inability to break this cycle. To be completely, utterly very self-destructively caught in it with uh, with no hope of escape until recently where I've kind of uh, just tried to uh, do something which I don't normally do, which is put myself first, 100%. Look after myself more. Treat myself to meals more. Like, you know, I want to have a nice meal. I'm going to have a nice meal. Why? Because I want to have a nice meal. And, and you know, yeah. like do things. I cleaned the house today. Why? Because I want to clean the house because I feel good about it. Did it. Nailed it. Awesome. Like looking after myself has been really, really a big positive step and it can be so easy to let that go it can be so easy when you're mega depressed you know like not be as hygienic as you normally would be to let the house go a little bit to let your eating habits go a little bit to let your exercise go a little bit and then you hit this dangerous yeah. spiral of I am not physically well therefore my brain can't operate correctly thus by extension I will be mentally not well either and you hit this really dangerous spiral which I hit as I've said before I was stuck in it 100% stuck in it and there was there was very little hope in me getting out until I kind of realized that like you know here is the problem. I need to step away from the problem and step away from what's uh, and the interactions which is causing me to go through this really dangerous mental space, which I've now done. I've stepped away and I'm going to stay away for a little while to kind of heal and uh, and look after myself more and uh, and try and, you know, just uh, take each day as it comes. Each day is a new day. It's a chance to do things differently. It's a chance to approach your day differently. Um, so I look every day as a new day. Try and, just, you know, try and get in a routine. Routine's really important too. So, you know, first thing I do when I wake up, have a shower. Have to. Because then you can go, cool, I've done, I've accomplished something today already by keeping myself at the minimum level of cleanliness, um, of course, yeah. you know, by, by, you know, keeping yourself clean. And then going from there, I'm going to make breakfast now. Cool, I've now had my first meal of the day. I want to have, try and have three square meals a day so I can keep myself active and healthy. All right, cool. Mm. I've now sit down. I'm now doing my work. I am doing good things at work and accomplishing work. Like just to taking everything one step at a time and, and, positively reaffirming that what I've done is good and why I've done it. Yeah. The reason isn't always important. Sometimes it's just like, I ate bacon because I wanted to eat bacon. Cool. Mm. I mm. still did that task. Making sure that I'm completing tasks and making sure, which goes back into my workaholic state, is if I'm not completing tasks, oh boy, do I get depressed. If I'm not doing anything, I hit this real bad spiral. And then combined with what's been going on for the last six months, just got way worse, which is why the suicidal ideation came around, which is something I've never really experienced before. And that has been a yeah. uh, very, very difficult thing to counter in itself. Making sure that I'm just you know doing something new every day, doing a task every day, looking for what I'm excited for. And it's okay to be excited for things. Uh, maybe not like, you know, crazy far ahead. I am a bit of a dreamer. I, I like to think years ahead, which is that. really dangerous because you say, yourself you set yourself up for failure that way sometimes and i did that a lot uh in the last six months being like oh man if i do this we can do these things x years down the line and then like i didn't go to mm. plan at all and now all these dreams i had are now squandered oh no and then like and, oh no i'm gonna feel bad for ages again yeah and then like succumb to guilt and things like that making sure you you know just like think about the here think about the now it's okay to think short term or long term but just mm. as long as you're trying to complete tasks and trying to keep a routine, uh, yep. which is hard in itself, if you can get there, that's that's a great start. But sometimes it's okay to have one small win a day. Just aim for one. One small win a day. And that can be as simple as I had a shower today. Start from there and then build up to, to more wins every day as you can get them. And get them wherever you can. 
Yeah, absolutely. Acknowledge the wins uh, and these successes because yes. you have to. Absolutely have to. And, and it, it's yep. good that you do. It's healthy you do. <coughs> you realize you did something cool. Awesome. That's great. And that kind of stuff is good. Also with your interactions with your friends. Be like, I had a nice conversation with my friend. I talked about their mm. day. And we found out what they were doing. Talked about my day. That can be good too. Mm. Sometimes a win can be like, I talked to a friend today. Yeah, I think so. And I find there's a lot of value in kindness, like you sharing kindness with someone. I mean, like taking time out for your day and showing kindness, saying good day to someone, DMing them, you know, just like genuinely just touching base with someone and being kind, whether it's to a stranger, it still is as powerful to change that person's day. You don't know what sort of mindset they're in, you know, the smallest acts of kindness can change them, but it also does great things to yourself as well. I'm a big believer in that. I just, I, like yourself, I think it's positivity needs to be louder you know, we all can do small actions to do that every day. You know, it just makes the world a better place anyway. So I think it's really, really important to to do that kind of stuff. Uh, I say it a lot. Like my aim, they're like, Brad, what do you want to do? We love him. Like my aim is to be a force of good in the world. And that's it. That's something that I, I try to do whenever I can. The last six months, unfortunately, I've not done so. I've been really, really selfish and really self-destructive, which has also been destructive to other people, to people who are, you know, very, very important to me, the people I take a bullet for. I've been destructive to them and destructive to myself because I've been unable to look after myself, therefore unable to be kind, uh, which is not what I'm like uh, normally as an individual. Uh, the rest of my life, it's all about, you know, trying to be a force of good. If everyone does a little bit every day, and I have, you know, friends who talk to me about their problems, and that's totally fine. Mm. I listen, I ask questions if they want me to ask questions. I let them vent if they just want to vent because, you know, sometimes people just want to vent and it's important to be like, did you want me to give you advice or do you just want me to listen? And like seeking yeah. consent from what your friends want when they're talking about their problems. But it helps them. And it allows, you know, sometimes your kindness can be the kind act of listening. And that's it. Sometimes saying nothing. But trying to help people where you can without hyper-focusing on particular people. Because then you can become overbearing and you can become over-caring. Yeah. And then your caring becomes self-destructive, which is literally what happened in my case. That is that is basically what happened with me. I just just went way over the deep end with, uh, with caring towards particular people. And it just didn't go well at all. So, like, kindness is good. But kindness can also be dangerous if you let it go unchecked and you mm. and you hyper focus on on particular people or particular individuals it's okay to, to be kind of course and, and i by all means i implore that you do please be kind and please look after people especially the people that are important to you because you never know when you may not ever get to say hello to them again um because i lost my mother out of nowhere so you know uh like 11 years ago for for, for context so, so always be nice to those you care for because you never know there might be an opportunity where unfortunately you you may not have the chance to so try and always end things on a good note whenever you can but um, be very careful that like you know your kindness doesn't uh, unintentionally become inconvenient or become harmful. Um, where you can you can mean the goodest things in the world, have the most noble intentions in the world, and and you you, you really try hard. Yeah. And you think I'm trying my hardest to do the right thing, but it can blind you and mean that you can do the wrong thing without realizing. So so it's always good to be kind and always good to be a force of good, but uh, very important you keep yourself in check as well. And, and ask yourself and ask yourself questions. Be like, is the thing I did, was it really a good thing? Was it really for them? Or did mm. I benefit from this as well? Asking those kinds of questions and challenging yourself is, is totally fine. And it's healthy discourse. Um, it's okay to challenge yourself and okay to, to, to question your own actions and be like, were these actions good or not? Or sleep on it and think about it again later on because your mind may not be able to process that challenge at that point in time. And uh, find yourself, you'll gain a lot by doing that. And it means your kindness is... Uh, is more less absolute and more just generally there. And then, you know, you're not forcing yourself to be kind. You're just being kind. 
just for the sake of being kind and helping out those around you. Or maybe those that you don't know. With me, I document my mental health, and there are people who I do not know. People who are fans of the stream, who are lurkers, who I've never talked to before, who come up to me and go on, your mental health journey has given me courage and given me strength. And sometimes I don't know these people. That's awesome. So your kindness can affect more people than you realize. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think it's amazing how documentation of one's journey can have an impact you know whether it's you know your mental health you documenting your own mental health or it's someone documenting their own content creation or you know whatever it is i just find it's just yeah it's incredible how documentation from from the start to the finish the ups the highs the lows you know it's life is such a roller coaster documentation is so so important in in many ways the same friend that recommended that i get therapy bless their heart mm. um also recommended I keep a diary. Okay. Just a diary, which I which I do not keep anymore, uh, full disclosure. I did keep it for quite some mm. time, though, about what's going on in my head mm. at that point in time. And I read back on it now, and I'm like, holy moly, I was a mess. Like I was an mm. absolute mess. And I, re- I was. Yep. I read back on that diary, and I'm like, my head was broken, completely broken. Yep. And but because I was, like, I, if I didn't write it down, I would not have had the ability to reflect on that at all and then realize yeah. that no i'm like getting help was the right thing to do and i'm doing the absolute right thing and you can share this diary with nobody there are plenty of free services out there like penzu where you can just write a diary and you never share it with anyone but there's no harm you know if you aren't able to vocalize what's troubling you and in my instance again i don't really talk about the main cause that's that's caused me to go through this i don't talk about it publicly mm. i talk about it to myself privately sure but if i just talk if i leave it in my own head at festus it's bad if i type it out and i correct it and i write it like a story then I'm able to get it out somewhere mm. and get it out of my head. That's important. And somewhere else so I can free my head up for other things. Yep. But it's also okay to talk about it publicly too. So again, like I talk about it privately in my own diary for just myself mm. so I can be as detailed as I want to be and, and write out everything going in my head at the time. Publicly, I just talk about my mental state and that's that. Yep. And I don't go into detail um, out of respect for, for other people that are involved in it because, you know, that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And just on that mo- note there, sorry to cut you off, but I, I just wanted to segue in from that in just to, I find that a lot of people around me as well, to have this creative outlet, you know, I know, and maybe it might be in your situation for Twitch streaming, you know, people have this outlet and Twitch is like, streaming is great. People think, oh, you know, Twitch and streaming is just video games. It's, well, it's not. You know, it's not. There, there is so many mediums out there, you know, of people doing art and, you know, arts and craft and, and a whole range of things, you know, that they're just doing on cooking and whatever it is. It's amazing when you speak to people talking about why do they do it. You know, a lot of people are like, I want to grow a community or, you know, I want to be part of something or, you know, I do it therapeutically for myself. And I know even talking about this podcast and the reason why I created it, it was only one of the guests when I was speaking to him um, after he was talking about who had a similar podcast as this. One of the reasons why he set it up as well is it was very therapeutic for him. And it was only when he sort of mentioned that, I said, you know what, it is too. It keeps me in check. It keeps me in check because hearing stories like yourself, and every, and I'm very fortunate to have the people like yourself that have come on and, and other guests hear about their stories, it gives me perspective. And I think perspective for me, for me, it is such a powerful thing. When we're talking about retraining the brain and, and talking about like when, you know, even when, when you're talking about like, Take your daily actions, you know, set into routines, things like that. It's very easy when you don't have perspective for those sort of things to spiral out of control because you don't see it. It happens just, it just happens, you know, slow, small things turn into big things. And all of a sudden you look around and your life, your world, your mental health, it's all a schmozzle. 
and it you know sometimes it, it happen, happens all at once because of because life and contr- things happen and it hits us once and I know certainly for my own anxiety and depression that seemed to be the case and it got went from a mental health problem to a mental illness purely for the fact that it all happened sort of at once and it affected me in the way that it did but I didn't talk about it I didn't communicate it I, I, I let it fester in my own head and the mind being the mind you know like you've mentioned it just it moves around in your brain and you think one way and it spirals into something else and something else and all of a sudden self-doubt and self-doubt turns into this into that and it's so interesting to me how people have different ways to self-express themselves like you're talking about your diary and and twitch seems to be a big medium for that and i wanted to have a chat with you and get your perspective on how streaming and your own mental health how do you, how do you manage the both or i'm interested to know is streaming for yourself does it provide you, you know, strength, support? Is it escapism? Or is it on the other spectrum where, you know, you've got to be mindful because there's other things like stress and pressure on yourself that you put on or lack of sleep? Or you know, How is the balancing between streaming and your own mental health? This can be an incredibly difficult thing, I think, the, the balance between mental health and content creation because... To create content, if you want to, if you want to, you know, have the usual positive, cheery outlet that you want to do, and if you're not feeling it, you need to challenge your own mental health. For me, streaming gives me strength, gives me courage. It reminds me every time I stream, no matter what, that I am doing something I enjoy, Hmm. hanging out with my community. Who are my friends? They're not just viewers. They are my friends. I hang out with them. We play games. We have a good time. It's a way for me to stay social. It gives me a social battery. It may physically exhaust me because I talk a lot and I could be talking for a long period of time. But every time I do it, it's fun uh, and it gives me a lot of strength. But it's also okay for it not to. It's totally okay for for streaming to not give you mental strength. In the last six months, I've not really streamed much at all. In fact, I've took a huge hiatus from content creation. Mm. From about September until about until this month, I would have streamed probably less than thirty times. And this is someone who normally streams six times a week. Wow! So it's as if I t- I, I I I took a huge break. Because I was not able to. My yep. mental health was not there. And then yep. some, I was also traveling a lot, so I couldn't. But I would try and be like, nope, I'm still thinking about the things that are bothering me, mm. the things that are plaguing my head. I can't, streaming is not distracting me anymore, whereas it used to. So I uh, actually turned to binge watching anime a lot the last few months. I kind of got back into that. And that's been really good. So I found another way to kind of distract myself for a little while, uh, which was not good because I wasn't actioning the problem. I was just putting it away and escaping the problem. Sure. So anime was escapism for me. But um, but now it's something I love and it also gives me strength. Much like content creation, again, I look forward every day. The favorite thing I do of the day is hitting the start streaming button. I know if I'm having a crummy day, and I have crummy days. In fact, today I had a really crummy day. Today my headspace was awful. It was really bad. But I know that like, the moment I hit that start streaming button, no matter how bad life is at the moment, it'll be fun. And by the time, every single time at the moment, at least, when I end stream, I go, I made the right call. I made the right call by going live, by saying hi to my friends, by playing some games and having some fun and staying social. So for me, streaming is absolutely a bolster to my mental health. Um, because yeah, I know that, yeah, if I'm, if I'm feeling crummy, if I stream anyway, I know I'll have fun again and uh, it'll be a good call. And before you know it, it's four in the morning and I've lost track of time and I'm like, I've got to go to work in three hours. That's wow. okay. It's fine. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm super happy with that, that you have that available to you and you've been doing it for, for so long and it's always going to be there for you. And you're so, I was going to say lucky and I guess you are lucky, but you've built this amazing community of, pe- of positive people. And 
I guess that's the other thing that Twitch has is that, you know, you've got these people like yourself and like so many others that have got, that have built these amazing positive communities that people can just have this sort of interaction. And like you said, sort of like you with Animate, this escapism. And there's such a diversity of personalities out there. It's an awesome platform. And I'm not saying it's, it's completely doesn't have negativity or anything like that. Like everything does, you know. Oh, it does, and and Twitch has that in spades. Like there's there's definitely you know the negative communities, and then there's the positive communities, which makes sense because people tune into Twitch for certain content. Yeah. Some people want to have positive communities. Some people want to tune into negative communities. Everything you know, kind of all finds its own little niche, and 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 that's totally fine. I think. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And just on that, I just wanted to segue. I know yourself, you know, you're just one of these people that are just super respected within the Twitch community, within the video game community, both here and across the water. And I wanted to have a bit of a chat with you and sort of unbox one of the areas of conversation that I want to sort of continue to have. It's a community, also, I guess, the video game community on like online and slowly the, the Twitch community, I guess, my exposure to, to a, I'm very late to the party with regards to um, to Twitch as a platform and, and content creators like yourself, where I first started was, was purely just podcasting. And it was podcasters that were both recording audio and, and doing the streaming live. And that's sort of my introduction into it. But you know, the more that I've seen, it's a growing community and your friends that you socialize, you know, on social media and the people around you, you know, they, they jump onto Twitch as well. It's a, and it's some amazing communities, but I wanted to have a chat with yourself who's in both areas of the community, where you think the mental health and mental illness talks are within the community and where is it seen? For me, I find that it is being talked about more and more, but there's still stigma surrounding it. It's, it's still very heavy content creators. I'm seeing it more that they are, you know, hey, I'm not doing a stream tonight because, you know, I'm not if you're not feeling the best, appreciate the love and support. These amazing communities, like, yeah, no worries, look after yourself, take care, you know, you see all the responses and it's fantastic and you want that. But you always know, you know, you always feel that content creators are, you know, especially they're in a routine and they're, you know, got to build and if, whether they're looking at numbers and all the rest of it, everyone's completely different. I always feel like the concern in the back of their mind is that I need to continue to be consistent. I need to show my face and all the rest of it. And people aren't going to fully understand that if I'm having a down day that I can't rock up. And and sometimes it's a situation like yourself where it is the pinnacle of happiness for your day. You know, whatever's going on in your day, when, as you said, when you push the start button, it just takes you to a happy place. You know, some people are just like, I don't really want to, I'm not in a happy place, so I don't really want to turn on, don't want to turn on the camera. Um, I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm faking it or, or whatever it is, you know, have this persona. But I think it's something that I'm seeing more within the community and I want to, I want to continue to encourage it. I want to people to be more aware of it, to, I guess, more aware of it, you know, and understanding and know that it's super common and that it's okay that, you know, you're feeling this way and that we all feel this way. It is very common just to be understanding about it. And I just want to get your perspective, the people that you deal with on a a daily basis within your community, both the viewers and the content creators, where do you see it? Where's, where's the attitude and, and view on this? Okay, so there's obviously a big challenge here, in, in my opinion. So for me, at least in my case, I know that my stream brings happiness to people. And it can be really easy to be like, if I don't stream, I look after myself. Mm. I, I need a night off. I am robbing happiness from those people. I'm not able to provide them the happiness I want to provide them because I'm not live that day. Sure. And it can be really, really easy to, again, become really self-destructive and get stuck in the cycle of, you know, there might be somebody out there who needs my stream or they could enter a really dangerous scenario and that could be really, really, really dangerous for them. Unfortunately, 
and this does sound harsh, and I do not mean it to, you need to look after yourself. Definitely. You absolutely need to. It's completely okay to take a day off. It is okay for your feelings to not be 100%. Your feelings are valid. Even if you're not feeling good, your feelings are still 110% valid. And it's totally okay to have those feelings. It's also totally okay to look after yourself. If you look after yourself, you can then have a better day the next day. And you might be able to bring a better show if you want to focus on that. Mm. It's really important. Like, I take days off for mental health all the time. I go, my headspace sucks today. I'm taking a day off. I'm going to watch anime. Goodbye. And, like, for me, I have the luxury of working a day job. So I don't do Twitch for the income at all. I don't really don't care for the income I make from Twitch. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that people do give me an income through it. I just put it all back into buying equipment or traveling or things like that. But I have the ability to to take six months off and not be financially ruined as a result. There are people out there who do do Twitch full time, and there's lots of them. There are thousands of Twitch casters yeah. who do it full time, and other platforms as well: Mixer, YouTube content creators, Facebook gaming, even stuff like Twitter and Periscope, there's Instagram. People do this full time. They do it as their jobs. If they take time off. It hurts them financially, and yeah. it just does. It's just a fact. It's unavoidable. So people will naturally be challenged as a result, and that can be really, really hard to do. Mm. And these conversations are difficult because people go, you know, I need to do my job still. I need to to do kind of like, you know, make ends meet. Mm. And with some card decrees that make enough, that's fine. They can, you know, put away money for sick days. Like, I'm taking a sick day today, but I've still got money because I put it away. Much like if you're employed by a company in Australia, you get annual leave, you get sick leave, and all those things. People can factor that in. And like retirement fund, people who are making enough can factor that in. But there are those streamers who are full-time and who are only just pulling it off. And that's totally fine. All the power to them for doing that. But they don't have the ability to easily take a day off. And it can be really challenging and, mm. and mentally taxing. There's not much conversation about this, which is unfortunate. Um, we do have a lot of mental health advocate streamers out there. There are streamers that focus on mental health, on discussing mental health. And I've kind of become an Australian representative of that, of, of talking about the importance of mental health and looking after yourself, which means that you can then take the day better and, you know, stream another day if you can. But there's not a huge amount of it. There's also, of course, you know, initiatives. So right now, again, to give the podcast time on this, there's an event called RPG Limit Break, which is a speedrunning event. I love speedrunning events. And it's raising money for an American mental health institution, which is fantastic. We're talking about mental health in a, in a place where 15,000 people can watch live at any time. That's great. That's awesome. There's not much conversation happening there, but there's fundraising happening there, which is a good start. Um, more of these conversations would be great. I think that's something that, you know, there is power for the leading platforms to do this. Twitch talks about mental health. Twitch promotes Mental Health Awareness Month, and, and they give people, if they are having suicidal ideation, there are lines people can call for that, and Twitch promotes those lines. And, and as do other content creation networks as well. So there is conversation. It's a lot more than there was two years ago. Two years ago, there was next to no conversation about this kind of stuff at all. And it was awful. Because, you know, people had no way to communicate. People didn't feel comfortable communicating. Now there is more people comfortably communicating about mental health. And we're starting to get the awareness out there that your feelings are valid no matter what they are. And it's okay to not be okay. It's totally fine. And you can communicate it if you need to. But you don't have to. And then the, to the, you have the ability to have the conversation, but it doesn't mean you have to have the conversation. Yeah, Most that's importantly, it. the ability and the choice and the ability to give yourself the consent to talk about it without fear of, of reprimand is there. Yeah. And that is something I'm. Uh, we're starting to see more conversation of, um, especially in my case, because I have people that message me every few days going, thanks for sharing your mental health journey. This has given me strength. So I know that my conversation has an impact. Anyone that converses about this you're generating a positive impact. And the more people that talk about it, the better. 
I think we so. are seeing more of that now. I love what you talk about just on that point there where you're saying that people have the ability to talk and we promote talking, but if you don't want to talk, that's okay too. But it's just the awareness to know that if you are and when, you, when you're ready to talk and you want to talk, that you do have support around you, that there is support. Because some people don't want to talk about it and that's, that is fine. We enc- but I, I encourage talking about it from my own experiences. I find that there's, looking at it hindsight now, and I was in a state of mind of, I don't have to talk about it and you know, is it really going to do benefit for me doing it? Hindsight now, yeah, it did. But, you know, everyone's different. And if you don't want to have the conversation now, just know that we're breaking through this stigma. So, you know, it's going to make it easier for when you're ready to have the chat that people are going to be there and it's going to be a very open, non-judgmental conversation that there is support available. And that's awesome to hear about Twitch being more like in the last couple of years have just been ramping up their awareness and support in regards to mental health and mental illness. And Twitch has this uh, this concept of bleed purple, right? So they, they really try where they can. They don't always succeed, um, of course, as no platform does. But they have this concept of community. Twitch is a big community of like-minded people. And they, they really try and emphasize this where they can. And they have a long way to go to kind of get Bleed Purple back to where it was five years ago because they've lost its image a little bit. But it's there. And, and they're really, they try to, to give that sense of community, which is good because it can encourage conversations. If, if it needs to be. And then keep in mind, you know, everybody deals with problems differently. With some people, like myself, I love to talk about it. If I am not, if I don't talk about it, it doesn't leave my head. And that's mm. really bad. Mm. Some people deal better with not talking about it. Some people deal better with internalizing it. And that's totally okay. There's no tried true solution to mental health. If there was, it wouldn't be a problem. But it is. Mental health is something that plagues us all in different ways. And how we deal with it is is different with every person and that's totally fine as well so don't necessarily think that you know my method is the tried true way of dealing with it because for you it may not be there may be something else just got to explore those options and and have those you know those internal conversations as well yeah i think that's it and like i've said before sometimes it's just about trial and error trial and error to to work out what fits you and whether it's the same thing with you going seeing professional help and if this person this psychologist doesn't work for you then you need to get another diagnosis and see someone else what works for That's one person exactly it. Like, um, yeah, doesn't, may not work for the next person. And do not get discouraged. That's the one thing. Do not get discouraged. Like, it's, it's an interesting one where life is life and, as I said, ups and downs and whatever. And it's interesting when you've got these personalities of drive. Like yourself, you've got all these ideas and aspirations and things that you want to do. It's almost like for yourself and people like in a similar sort of situational personality, I should say, is that... The highs are highs, but the the lows seem to be as high as the lows, like in relation to the drops. And it's almost like managing those drops. It's almost like managing those when things don't go right. And you know what? Mm. Things don't go right. And having that perspective, and at the time, it can be very difficult. But looking back at it, sometimes you need to have those failure moments. Sometimes it needs things don't work, but you take what you learn from those opportunities and you move on to the next and then you realize the reasons why that happened or, and not to get discouraged with the journey. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what provides a lot of people with strength. I know it certainly does for me. Just, just knowing that people are going to go through ups and downs and, and it's all about sort of managing. So for some people it's, it's about managing the lows so that way they can enjoy the highs. And it really can be like that. That's something I've had to learn recently. So mistakes are a beautiful thing. Mistakes while they may hurt at the time and they may be awful and you may hurt others, they also give you the opportunity to learn. While you want to avoid mistakes, if you do make a mistake, reflect on that mistake, learn from that mistake so that you don't make the mistake again. Mistakes mm. have the, the power to be truly beautiful things if you respond and absorb them correctly, yeah. uh, which 
which I have definitely failed at a heap of times. I've been really awful at that, and that's how I've repeated mistakes, which is bad, especially in the last six months, because I kind of made the same mistake again and again and again and again, because I wasn't able to learn from it. But, uh, but you know, taking the, the ability to step back and learn from the mistakes that you make, because you will. We're humans. Imperfections definitely. and flaws are what make us a wonderful species of, of thing on this planet, because we have the ability to fail, the ability to make mistakes, the ability to learn from mistakes, and that gives us individuality. Mm. And that's a fantastic thing. But, um... Again, like, yeah, likewise, the ebbs and flows and the highs and lows is something that's ultra hard to deal with. With me, uh, for a long time, I try not to say it anymore, but for a long time, there are two ways I would handle a problem, either with passion or paranoia. That's it. I would either let willpower and hope fully control what I do, or I would let fear fully control what I do, which is highs and lows, which is very, very dangerous because it meant I had absolutely no ability whatsoever to deal with the lows. Sure. But it meant when I had a high moment... I could do more without Heimer than anybody. And there would be no stopping me. And, you know, but that could also make me a bit bullheaded at times as well, of course. But that kind of stuff, like being able to manage your, your downs is, is really important. And as you've said yourself, it can be really hard in the moment. In the moment, you could be thinking you're doing the right thing. Mm. You could be fully justified and vindicated in your actions internally. But it could be the wrong thing. And it could be a low. And you may not be able to realize it. And you may not be able to pull yourself out of it. These it. things do happen. They, they 100% happen. They happen to thousands of people. Every day, every single day, even right now, we're listening to this. It's happening to somebody, which is unfortunate, but it does happen. And that's mm. something that you, you know, learning how to deal with that and learning how to to adapt to those lows yeah, is definitely. really crucial. So for me, I just try these days to withdraw from the problem. If someone, if you're having an argument with somebody on like a messenger client, mm. and that does happen to me sometimes, it's okay to not respond. It's okay to step away and think about it. It's also okay to acknowledge. My mental health is not really good right now. I don't think I should be having this argument at the moment. I'm going to step away for a while and escape the situation. And maybe you communicate that or maybe you don't. That's totally okay too. Being able to, to deal with conflict in that regard and deal with the lows and kind of mitigate those lows is important. But also control your highs as well. Make sure your highs don't blind you mm. or, or lead you into potentially low scenarios. Just being able to manage what you do and manage your headspace is, uh, is, is a very difficult thing. But if you can do that, then then you're in a real good spot. And I think that's where the professional help comes into it is too, because it's identifying for you techniques that you can implement for yourself in your own everyday you know, life and events that occur to you. Power to step away and get perspective sometimes. Like I've certainly been in situations where, and I know like oh, I can imagine content creators who are dealing with all the hate, all the negativity in the world, the ability for them to go, you know what, this would be easy if I just type back to them and sink onto their level. But sometimes just to, if you can, and it's again, it can be hard in the moment, to take a step backwards and get that perspective. And it's just, it is powerful. And I think we've all been in that sort of situation where we've got, look, we can you can fight the fight here or we could step back, leave it overnight. It's, a, it's amazing. It's really powerful. Like when you sleep on something and the perspective you have the next day, like, ah, that, that doesn't worry. That comment, eh, curse, you know, move on with life sort of thing. But there's a difference between the perspective that you have right there and then where you're very tunnel vision. No, that's it. This is happening. I need to, it's almost like a, a reaction. You need to, react to it versus the step away take a moment whether you do your breathing you sleep on it or, or whatever you need to do just to step back and gain that perspective i know when dealing with my own anxiety one of the things that like i used to do is i used to drown myself in work it was a way that i would distract myself for anything else that was going on it was my defense mechanism my thing was if I kept busy and my mind occupied with other things, then I would not be thinking about other things. You know what I mean? Or your, your mind wouldn't spiral into the what ifs and buts and things like that. 
And it was always, and for me, again, I come back to perspective, it was always just about stepping away. You know, is this, what is the worst thing? If this doesn't get done, is that okay? You know, if this thing blows up or whatever it is, because you'd always like, it'd be something small and then it'd spiral. Or what if this happens, then that, that would happen. This And, and 20, 20 chains down the road, you're like, oh, and I'm a Gonski sort of thing. But like, really, to step back, to get perspective on a lot of things, I found it to be very powerful. But implementing it is different. Implementing it is the day-to-day putting in the work doesn't doesn't happen straight away and and if you if you can then you know amazing to you and and well done but i my thought is that to to bring it into your own headspace where it becomes a daily pattern it takes time it it requires you to make it part of almost like your routine and to train it to a point there where it just becomes a reaction for you to identify what's going on in your surroundings you know whether you're you know, having an anxiety attack, or you know, you start seeing, you know, feeling the palpitations of you know your heartbeats through anxiety, and whatnot, and just being you know, aware of it. This is happening. I need to either remove myself from the situation to calm myself down, or to implement whatever techniques that I've learnt that work for myself. Yeah, I, I just find it's, it's it is really powerful. It absolutely is. Like it's it's such a hard thing to 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 implement, of course. Uh, and as you said, that's the hard part is implementing the changes you want to make. But uh, mm. making sure you're in the spot where you can is also important. So again, for, for me over the last six months, I knew I needed to change. I 100% knew I needed to change and knew mm. what I needed to do. Like In my head, it was clear as day. If I do these things, this scenario will be way better than what it was. If I don't do these things, this scenario will be way better than what it was. But I was not able to implement because my headspace, I wasn't allowing myself any headspace to really do that with. Yeah. Um, I didn't give myself the the luxury of distance, the luxury of, of actually reflecting, on myself. Instead, I buried myself in work and buried myself in action. So I wasn't able to implement, even though I knew what I needed to do. So making sure that you you give yourself the ability to implement, not just implementing itself, but making sure you, if if possible, you are in a space where you can reflect, where you can decide where you want to act, uh, will give you a much greater ability to act. Mm. I think. And don't put so much pressure on yourself to have these unrealistic, unrealistic expectations, you know, that if you implement these techniques or, you know, if, if you start doing what you've been told to do or, or, you know, you're learning to do, don't expect overnight things. You know, it all takes time. So and just to be done so hard on yourself, if you're doing well and it and then, you know, it does a 180 on you in relation to like you go back to an old, old pattern, you know, you, you lapse. Just don't be so hard on yourself, you know. Just just get back on the bike and just keep just keep trying. Just know the end goal is why you're working towards it, and you're just trying to get into a better headspace. That's totally it, and like it can take time. Again, it's taken me about about six months, but the last month I've been great. I've been That's really awesome. good. Last month I've been kicking goals again, looking after myself again. I feel like I'm I feel like myself again because I haven't felt like myself and I haven't been myself, frankly, mm. the last half year or so. I've been a a husk of, of, of who I normally am and just not me. Was not myself, and it was quite awful. But I did get through it, and now, now I'm me again, doing. I feel like I felt nine months ago when I was just me, just you know, around uh, around around September, like you know, Tokyo Game Show time. That was just me as me. It was great. Uh, so I feel like myself again. Uh, but it did take time, and it's okay for it to take time. Things mm. don't happen overnight. If they do happen overnight, possibly going to be dangerous. So you might think things are suddenly better, and then before you know it, you lapse again. So, yep. so just just again, be, be mindful if you can. I'm so happy that it's it's all working out for you and you're feeling back to your, your old self. But you still obviously have that real expectation about just being mindful. Just keep doing what you're doing, put in the work, implement the techniques that you've been doing and just keep the form of the open lines of communication open because um, yeah, it sounds like it's really working for you. I'm super happy for you, man. And 100%. It, 
It's also totally okay though to have like days where you're not great. As yeah. I said earlier in this in this discussion, ready, you know, my day today sucked. My mm. mental spell space today was was not great. Mm. But the like last few <coughs> last few days have been fantastic. I've been like great, doing a bunch of work, having a good time, executing a bunch of things. It's been fantastic. Today though, I just wasn't good. Today wasn't mm. a good day. And and that sometimes will happen. You may fully recover from something that's, you know, tormenting you or plaguing you. And then you may think about it and you might drop again. You might have a day where you drop out. Uh, as long as, you know, try and keep aware of it. Like I was aware, I'm like, today my mental health is not good. And mm. I was able to self-acknowledge that my mental health was not good. So I tried to do a few things to cheer it up and do a few things differently. And, you know, it passed. And now I'm fine again because I was able to acknowledge that, that I, that I was having a slump and able to get myself out of it using the techniques that I learned, breathing techniques. They're, they're an amazing thing. I recommend them highly. Mm. Really good breathing does a lot for your head. Yeah. There's a lot of good applications for that, like on your phone and, and a few other there things. There are, aren't there? Yeah. There's so many of them. I think uh, Checkpoint actually has a number of them, if you want to refer to that as well. And I'll put the description in the um, podcast area, uh, description of this episode. I'll, I'll wind it up because I've taken up too much of your time anyway. But I just <laughs> wanted, to th- I wanted to thank you again, mate. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your own journey and your experiences. I really hope, and I, and I think, I'll, like, I'm really confident and will that, you know, what you've shared today will offer support and strength to others to know that how common this mental health and mental illness really is. I mean, like, the, the stats are there. I think it's like one in five people within a year, you know, in Australia will experience a mental illness. You know, of that, one in three will actually seek help. So the more we can really bring awareness and, and have these sort of open conversations. I'm really hoping that it'll provide strength and, and get rid of this stigma. You know, the stigma is just this, you know, myth and misconception about what, you know, what mental illness really is and can really happen to anyone. It's like a physical illness, you know. I think to put some perspective here um, as to, to the, the size of, of one in five, that's 20% of people, 20%. If you're in a car, you're a driver, there's four other passengers in your car, there's five people in your car, size of a standard car. One person in that car, statistically, mental health problem. Yep. Makes it sound, you realize just when you put it in that perspective, there's five people in a car, one of them could have a mental health problem statistically in Australia, you realize just how big it is and just how much there is out there and, you know, how many people out there can be suffering and a lot of them are suffering in silence because, you know, only, you know, 30% talking about it, that's two that are not, which is, yeah. which is a lot. That's it. And I always think, like someone mentioned on the podcast previously, if you think of a room full of people and we're all staying silent, but there's a lot of us, you know, in that room that who are silent that are really suffering. And if we start a conversation or put our hand up and say, you know, either I need help or someone asks them, are you okay? Like how much of a difference it would make? And I'm really hoping with these sort of stories and, and sharing other people's experiences, it'll definitely offer strength to others. And yeah, just bring awareness to it. Because as you mentioned, it is just so common and we just got to keep reinforcing the fact that people around us do go through it it doesn't discriminate it can happen to anyone just like a physical illness and that it's okay not to feel okay you know whether it's one day you're not feeling okay or it's been an extended period but just just look after each other keep in mind for this the signs as well just be kind to one another that's the big one big message that's the, the best message we can give is just you know be kind to those around you where you can be provided you're not overextending yourself to do so yeah, absolutely. Mate, you're a good man. I thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I want people to follow you, not just on the mental health side of things, but I just think the communities and the content that you produce is you know, super positive and super supportive. And certainly I can't speak highly enough about you. And so I'll put all the description uh, of your socials in the podcast description of this episode. But certainly, can you let us know where people can find you across the socials? 
Yeah, sure. So first of all, again, a big thanks for, for letting me be on this. This is really important to me. Really good thing to talk about. Uh, even this conversation has been, you know, really, really good progress. This is the first time I've publicly admitted that, yes, I am suffering from suicidal ideation, or I was, not anymore, which is great. So being able to encounter those things in a public space is really, really big. So thank you for giving me the opportunity and the platform to even acknowledge that these things are going on my head. Fighting your own inner demons is really hard. So, so thanks for letting me kind of take him head on a little bit. Absolutely. To so find me in a, in a generally more positive space. But of course, I do talk about mental health on my own content creation channels. Uh, you can find me on Twitch. It's the best place to find me at BlessRNG. So that's B-L-E-S-S-R-N-G. I have this. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as well under the same moniker. But because they were taken, just add two letter E's at the end. So bless RNG. E-E. It's pronounced the same, but spelled differently because I was a fool and didn't register all my accounts in time. Whoops, that's me. That's all right. They'll find you. Eventually. <laughs> Mate, thank you so much again. And I know everyone's looking for strength and like I think the you sharing your story and you know, even you documenting it, for those that are looking for that type of strength, it's great to know that people like yourself, key people within, within our communities are being so genuine and open. I just want to say thank you for being so vulnerable enough to have a chat and come on here and, and use this platform to share your story. I really appreciate it, Matt, and um, much love to you. And thanks for having me on here. Rolling this together, my friends. Live your best life. As always, guys, thank you so much again for your attention, for listening to the podcast, and for your ongoing support in breaking the stigma. A friendly reminder if you need it. If you or someone you know may be experiencing the same or similar signs of mental illness as Brad, please know that there is help available and you are not alone. I'll list a number of these support organizations in the description section of this podcast episode, so please check it out. If you know of someone that would also value from hearing Brad's story or any of the other stories shared by the previous guests, please make sure that you share the podcast with them across your social networks. As always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DanePV. Make sure you go check out Brad as well on Twitch, Instagram, and on his Twitter. All his social handles are listed in the description section of this episode. But until next time, guys, much love, take care of yourself and each other.